Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. What's happening, Derek? I am in the final stages of uh, packing for my whitewater trip. It my is. third annual Burt Reynolds Memorial River Run. Third annual Burt Reynolds Memorial River Run. Mm-hmm. And now you've got some beer so going I've been, there. I, I should have started sooner, but uh, I'm going to have a, a bit of a scruffy mustache for the trip. <laughs> but not the full-on Burt. No, not the full-on Burt. Like, that would probably take me about uh, two, three months to... Uh... <sighs> what a slacker. <laughs> Is anybody going to have the Burt? I don't know. I doubt it. So... Well, Scott might. Scott has a full-on beard. He's not going to cut his beard just to have a Burt Reynolds No, but mustache. he might have the, it might stand out a bit. Maybe he could, because he's got a blonde, a, a, a gray beard. Blondish gray. Is it blondish gray? Well, what, if, what if he were just to dye the mustache <laughs> black? <laughs> there you go. Right? It'll grow out. <laughs> sure. <laughs> hey, it's all about presentation. Uh, so you guys are running the Noir River in Quebec. Correct. Also known as the Black River, yeah, uh, Noir River. Do they call it the Black River? Because it is uh, it's, French. It's, it is Quebec. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. There's Who, three different do names actually for translate it? it. There's the Black River, yeah. the Noir River, mm-hmm. and Noir Riviere. Yeah, yes, of course. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've been. I'll go with the French stuff. pronunciation and uh, not <laughs> anglicize it. I'll go with the French pronunciation for a hundred, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you guys are running. Now the the Noir River runs southeast in the direction of the Ottawa River. Correct. Through Waltham, Quebec. Yes. But you guys are actually going to be starting in Waltham, Quebec. Well, okay. No, so, north of that. No, we're going to start in Waltham. That's where the outfitter is. The outfitter is, is in Waltham, and uh, so we start there. We get we get there for Friday night. Going to have the big feed and. Uh, Saturday morning, we're gonna. The outfitter is gonna shuttle us up the river. So what's good is that Noir River passes the outfitter, so that when we finish the river, we the takeout is right where our cars are sitting. Oh, okay. I thought the I thought the town of Waltham was well. He's on the outer twenty. Yeah, he's on the outer edges away. of Waltham, but we're yeah. we're basically driving to Waltham and then in the outskirts of Waltham there, yeah. is where this dude okay, is. Okay. Okay. Same yeah. spot then. Yeah. Uh, now, I know that the Noir River is not as popular as the Collange River and the Des Moines. It's it's less... Cha- I think the point is, is it's less challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, there's... So, it's... Mo- as we've... I think I discussed this on last week or week before this episode. So, it's mostly Class 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. And we're expecting it to be pretty fast right now because they've been getting a lot of rain. And there's a little bit of class three, and then there's a couple sections with waterfalls where you have to portage. Right. But the portages, there's for the entire river, there's only three portages, which total of about 420 meters. That's not bad. Yeah, it's hardly That's nothing not at all, except for the bad, big, bad cliff the portage. big, bad one. So only the last 237 kilometers or 147 miles of the river are actually navigable. And we're doing 115 kilometers of that. Okay. Uh, but you're not going, you're just heading back to the Outfitters. You're not going all the way into... No, we're not hitting the, the Ottawa River. No. Yeah. No. Uh, some of the rapids have names like The Wall, Targi, and 5050. Uh, yes. Now, I've seen a couple of um, uh, trip logs and stuff like that. And apparently 5050 is a good one to just go play around in. Yeah. You know, it's 
<laughs> I think that's the one. There's a campsite yeah. right there. So, uh, uh, dossier. <laughs> uh, at this point, I, I'll, I'll call you dossier because... Uh, I know more than you do? You absolutely do. <laughs> I uh, Until... Until tonight, you were asking me some questions about it. I had to go through old emails to figure out where we were starting. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's, I'm just going on this trip. I didn't plan it. You just. I'm going in blind. (laughs) 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 I knew a a few of the high points because Mike sent me some details about, you know, we're doing a, we're doing 115 kilometers. There's going to be three portages, total of 420 meters. Uh, I think it's the wall is the hardest and they say, if you're lucky, there's ropes there to help you over it. Otherwise, you should bring your own ropes because it's a cliff. Oh, <laughs> is it? Is that? No, no. The wall is... Well, what's one's the cliff? The wall is one of the rapids. You're looking at the mountain chute portage. That's it. That's it. It has two options. <laughs> Option number one, should you choose to accept it, is an arduous long portage. Yes. Option number two which I think most people regretfully choose, (laughs) is you start at the top of the falls, portage down, and it ends in a steep near-vertical descent that requires ropes. Yes. You can't just carry your canoe down. (laughs) You actually have to use a pulley system with ropes to get your canoe and gear down. And they say the poison ropes should be there. Should yeah. be there. So we're going to, we've already discussed this and we're going to try and do the rope route because we don't want long and arduous because the long and arduous one kind of goes off into the hills and, and circles back. So it's an easier route. So you don't have to fall off a cliff. But then yeah, if there's ropes a couple there, of dead bodies amongst friends. <laughs> so, but if the ropes are there, we're just going to do the rope route. And it's what shorter. If, what if the ropes are not there? Well, you're still doing the rope route. <laughs> Just throw the canoe over the edge and throw the packs yeah. over and scramble down. Yeah. Well, you'll figure it out. Or we run the waterfall. Uh, there is a 10 kilometer section that is continuous class one and swifts. That should be fun. Except in low water, apparently. Then is a bump and grind. Yeah. 10 kilometer. If that water. No, like you say, they've been getting a lot of rain. So it should so, be pretty quick. Pretty high. Yeah. <laughs> Knock on wood there for you, buddy. Is that actual wood? No, shut up. That's chipboard. So it's <laughs> cheap. <laughs> oh, you know what? Oh, that's mahogany. Teak. Teak. Yeah, we're, our studio has a teak table. <laughs> oh, that's why we can't afford good good filing cabinets. Um, yeah, hopefully the water is high enough, but yeah, that's going to be a, a slog if... Well, we're expecting high water. Uh, so it was just, there's been so much rain in the last few days and there's going to be a lot of rain on Sunday too. We're, so we start the river on Saturday, Sunday, we're going to get a lot of rain while we're on the river. And then, so the rest of the week should be pretty good. There should be all the flush out of all the rain. And so our water level should be fairly high. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. So by ending back at the, the outfitter there, you're going to be missing the hydroelectric dam. Correct. So there's a big portage you don't need to do. We uh, we bypassed that the last time. So when we did the Des Moines, the outfitter came in a pontoon boat and picked us up at the bottom of the Des Moines, and uh, we drove past the outfit, uh, past the hydroelectric dam. Oh yeah, on the float on the on the pontoon boat. Oh okay. So we got to see it. Yeah, but we didn't have to. Well, now you won't. Well, it's, it's like multi kilometers of of Ottawa River, which is just yeah. big, wide, flat. If the wind comes up, it's really wavy. It's like a giant lake right there. Yeah. 
And so the Odd River is super wide at that point. So it was uh, it was wise to take the pontoon boat because there's no fun in in paddling great distances in a whitewater boat. Uh, no, no. I mean, you know what the the Ottawa River. I mean, I used to live up in Petawawa. Um, the the Ottawa River sections is it's just like a really long lake. narrow lake. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's that wide yeah, at yeah. point. It's 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 just a big yeah. You know, and if the weather's not favorable, it can be pretty choppy. Oh yeah, yeah. So and in whitewater boats, yeah, yeah. It'd be, if you don't have to paddle at one of those, suck. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. You will be traveling through traditional Algonquin yes. territory. Yep. Uh, I've heard there's a lot of sand. And we looked at the maps earlier. You can see mm-hmm. all the, on the inside of every turn, there's just all the sand on the, on the side shore. Yeah. And so we're expecting to sleep a couple nights on sandbars. Right. So we'll see what happens. Well, when we did the, when, when, uh, man camping, Scott and I did the, um. Moose Knee. Up to Moose Knee, the, the, the Moose River. Uh, there was a couple of nights. I'm still picking <laughs> James Bay sand, Moose River, <laughs> Moose River sand out of my gear. Uh, I <laughs> took my, um, and that was what, two years ago we did that? Yeah. I'm still picking sand out of stuff. Two years ago? What did you, where'd you go last winter? Tomogamy. Last, oh, I yes. did my solo through Tomogamy yeah, yeah, last yeah. year. So yeah, it was <clears throat> uh, up to Moose Knee the year before that. Mm-hmm. And uh, wow, yeah, I'm two still. Two years ago. Yeah. Time flies, eh? Holy crap. Last September... This week, last year, we were down in Nashville oh, uh, yeah. visiting Jerry Vandiver. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was three years ago, this exact same week, we were uh, touring Iceland. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so apparently I've slacked off this year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're not doing anything. I know. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So apparently there's going to be a lot of sand that you get to. And that's, that's something a bit different. It's a bit sand. different, and so the water's going to be different, too. Like, there must be a lot of tannins from upriver because they call it the Noir River because the water is so really dark. It's like Guinness-type thing. It's, like, yeah. supposed to be really dark water. Yeah. So I assume it's a lot of tannins from uh, from marshes and, you know... Leaching out of the soil yeah, exactly. from the trees and that, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, supposed to be a lot of good chances for seeing wildlife. Yeah. I find, I'm finding this out right now, too. It's supposed to be some really good scenery. <laughs> Thanks for doing all this research for me. Hey, not a problem, buddy. At least now you're prepared. <laughs> now I'm not going in blind. Yeah. And, and yeah, lots of rap is that you can play around in. Yeah. Thanks, Dossier. I appreciate it. So I think that's all you can expect. <laughs> so it's you, Mike Burns, Scott Rogers, mm-hmm. Martin Garster? Correct. Yeah. So third annual, eh? Yeah. So the fact that you guys have been, all three of you have been able, or four of you, mm-hmm. one, two, three, yeah. have been able to do this for three years now. Yeah. Yeah. Because you guys didn't know if it was going to happen this year. No, uh, so everything's been in an upheaval this year. Uh, we def- Mike definitely wanted to do a river this year, and he uh, talked me into it. And it's like it was when we went up at McGregor. It's like mm-hmm. I was I had been eh, I don't know if I'm going to do it this year. And so he he drove it he drove it this year. He pushed everything ahead, and uh, we had uh, Scott visited us for a night up in uh, up in McGregor, and then Scott was on board, and then. Scott was told, well, if you're going to go, you got to find a paddle partner. So he, uh, he convinced, uh, Martin Garster to come along with him to, uh, do the, he be a stern guy because Scott couldn't find an, another person to go. And so now the team's back together again for a third year. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's good that it's, it's you're able to do it this year. Yeah. You know, keep it going sort of thing. We weren't sure if we're going to be able to get into Quebec, and we never really planned it. Nobody put anything effort into it because it's like, well, we don't, I'm not going to put a lot of effort into this if, it, if we can't, yeah. right? Yeah, you don't know what's open, what's not, Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, even though Quebec's still in Canada. Yeah, but, you know, early on, you couldn't cross the border between yeah. Quebec and Ontario unless you're a central service. Well, I mean, look at the maritime bubble, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, you weren't allowed in there mm-hmm. either, so. Um, no, so I, I think you guys are going to have a good time on this one. Yeah, it's going to be It good. looks like a really, because we're checking it out on Google Maps there. It's a really windy river. It is. It is. It snakes the, around a lot. One of the reports I read said something about, it looks like a, a plate of spaghetti. Something like that. A twisty, True. twisty strings of yeah. spaghetti. You know, it's just like yeah. wavy and, and yeah. windy and... And that, that uh, what was it, the something something hole you were looking at? And there's it, you can see where the river has changed oh, like yeah. dozens of times. So it's all these abandoned curves in the river yeah. that are now stranded water. And so it looks like this, looks like some one of those islands in Dubai type thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you see all these ones come out, these little offshoots off the main river that just that it, sort of loops back around. Yeah, and then, then now they're cut off from the main current and... Yeah. Yeah, so it's neat when you have, when you have sandy soil like that in a river, that when the rivers do change course, like I've seen it on the Big East and you can see it on the Noir River, it's really interesting to see these abandoned loops and, well... We talked about the Mississippi, the Mississippi River one episode exactly where, where this paddle boat was like 200 meters away from the river and they dug into the sand. It's like, well, the paddle boat's awful far from the river. Oh, the river used to be here. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that. And when stuff moves and, mm-hmm. you know, they change, well, in the dikes and all that, right? And the levees yeah. and, yeah. Yeah. It, it to- they can totally change the course yeah, from of the year river. To year. It just takes one storm and boom, heavy flow and it's yeah. just crazy different. Everything's different. So this is this is going to be really, and it kind of reminded me of, uh, listen to John Van Berger talk about the uh, Yukon River, like the couple yeah. of the delta parts that were all crisscrossy and yeah, wavy yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and windy and that and getting lost. Yeah. Yeah. Rivers are interesting. It's like, it's one of those things you could, you run it five years later, you run it again. It's like, oh, this is different. Yeah. It <laughs> does. It, it wouldn't be big difference, but there are some minor differences. Oh yeah. Uh, it does look, uh, when you're looking at Google maps there, you got, you go through one set of rapids, nice little break, the next set of rapids and a break, mm-hmm. the next set of rapids. And a break. It's just that I couldn't find actually that uh, 10 kilometer section they're talking about. I couldn't actually find it. Maybe I didn't go up far enough or something, but, uh, yeah, I think you guys will have a good time. I think so, too. It'll be a blast. And what you were reading is uh, the, the trip report. It was the the one was saying they had planned on doing 10 kilometers, but the water was so fast that they did, they ended up accidentally doing 35 35. kilometers. Yeah, yeah the, the, yeah, the water was pretty fast. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeehaw! Your 10-day trip could be doing three. <laughs> and what's good about this is there's, because it's mostly class one and two, like, well, well, there's some areas we'll still have to scout, but there'll be a lot less scouting. Like, we, yeah. uh, Mike has a lots of uh, of details of the river, so we'll know where we have to get out and scout. Yeah. But for, like, for example, the 10-kilometer section of continuous class one, we're just going to have fun and run that section, right? Yeah. We're not going to have oh, yeah. to get out and scout. So it's 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 uh, it's exciting, we'll, but we'll have to be careful. We have to get, can't get complacent with not scouting. <laughs> that's what, yeah, that's when Oops. things happen pretty bad. <laughs> um, are you guys using, do you, well, I guess you don't know, HAP's book. Hap Wilson has a book for the area. Um, I think Mar- Martin has the book and uh, and Mike has the book. They're both referenced it. Okay. So they, I saw some chatter back and forth by email as they're comparing notes from Hap's book. 
they're all getting into all these maps and all that, and Derek's over in the other room playing with his sprouts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a book. I don't do books. <laughs> Come here, sprouts. <laughs> well, I don't I, – you know what? If I was organizing the trip, I would have been doing a lot of planning. But uh, so last – previous two years, uh, Martin did a lot of the planning, and this year Mike Burns did all of the planning. And Martin's getting in there lately just to check out some of the details to confirm things. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, – me and Scott Rogers tend to sit back and say, hey, how's the plan going, guys? Oh, no, don't tell me about it. I just want to make sure it's going good. It's going good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, didn't we tell you? You got replaced. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> We're bringing three dogs now, yeah. so there's no room for you, buddy. Uh, you guys are bringing a dog, too. We are. So Willow, uh, so Willow is going, which uh, it's it's... Well, it's good, I guess. We limits what we can bring. We're not going to bring too much stuff. So we'll, there's room for two packs because Willow is in the other uh, area ahead of the yoke behind the front front thwart. Right. So and Mike went out and Mike and Laurie got a brand new life jacket for Willow. Nice big puffy one for extra flotation. And, and uh, I suggested a helmet for Willow, but... Mike said he couldn't find one. <laughs> I don't think Mike looked hard enough. <laughs> he says, I don't think Willow would wear a helmet. <laughs> if he really put the effort in, he, w- yeah. <laughs> he would have made one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he was just slacking <laughs> off is all that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I get, when, with stuff like that, I get very, as much as I love having the dog out there, mm-hmm. when you're talking white water and stuff, I get kind of worried about stuff like that. Yeah, I'm, so I have a, uh, few concerns but willow's pretty good like the one concern is uh obviously for willow's health if mm-hmm. we dump in rapids we're gonna have to figure out how to collect willow up at the base at the end of the rapids right yeah so she's got a really high flotation uh dog life jacket so that's good but the other thing i have concerns about is that uh, when we did uh what was it uh, lady evelyn lake and so when we did uh, tomogamy this year so every time we got near something a feature on the side of the lake or whatever willow would kind of go to the other side of the canoe Watch the look. so when you're in the stern you could see it happening and you prepare for it but if your back is to the dog all of a sudden you feel the boat shift it's like whoa, whoa, whoa what's going on yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. and oftentimes when willow gets bored she'll just drop like a sack of potatoes she just drop onto her side and sometimes she drops in the middle of the boat which is oh awesome but most of the time not. she'll bump right up against the gunnel and drop down to the base and it just throws a canoe you can feel right the whole thing whoa. It's like, he's like whoa what's going on <laughs> yeah hunter used to be like that in the canoe is wanted to see stuff and then we're trying to turn around yeah and, um was it hunter or chocolate that would chocolate used to chase canoes so if she saw a canoe going by Mm-hmm. She would swim out after. We actually had to have people come back once. Oh. Because she would not come back. Oh. So they had to turn their canoe around, come back to shore so we could grab the dog. <laughs> <laughs> she just wanted to go. Yeah. Um, I think it was Hunter that used to bring stuff in, try to haul stuff into the canoe. Oh, yeah. I know he, he grabbed the alders when we were going down and was pulling the canoe into mm-hmm. the alders, which caused a massive argument between oh. between the kids. You know, <laughs> one in the front saying, you're steering us in. The one, no, I'm not. And there's the dog. <laughs> Tugging on the alder. Tugging on the alder. <laughs> yeah, that, that stick is attached, buddy. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, uh, ducklings. We passed some ducklings. Oh. 
And who wants to jump out of the water? Wants to jump and go play with the ducklings. Let's go! Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a yeah. When you, when you have a dog in a boat, and especially if you're doing white water and stuff, yeah. Hopefully the dog will learn. Well, I mean, you got to teach him some point, yeah. right? If, you, yeah. if you're going to take the dog all the time, you got to teach him at mm-hmm. some point. Um, so you know, sort of trial by fire. Yes. Yeah. But Mike's had her out quite a bit, so she's used to. She's the boat. been out quite a bit. Yeah. She. Uh, what we did notice is that uh, the only time, so we were. We were re- getting ready to line a set of rapids in Tomogamy, and so both of us were out of the canoe, standing on the side of the river, taking a look down, and Willow started panting and huffing and panting and huffing. And I said, what's going on? She's not normally like this. He says, oh, she's alone in the boat, so she's pa- getting a little bit panicked. When we're bo- When somebody's in the boat with her, she's okay. Right. But if she's alone in the boat, then she's a little bit stressed because she can hear the water, all the rushing water. So, so yeah, she was uh, she wasn't uh, very happy. It looked like she was having a panic attack, and when she was alone. But as soon as we hopped in, she calmed down, sat she's down. Good. Yeah, yeah, that should be good. Mm-hmm. So we're looking forward to hearing uh, how it all goes when you yeah. guys get back. I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I have well, no idea got, what's going to happen. Now you got some information. <laughs> you got to take this uh, sheet with you and go. So. <laughs> According Did you to- know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mike, guess what all my research turned up. <laughs> awesome. Uh, let's take a quick break here and we'll come back and we'll talk about, uh, we got a really cool thing that you came up with that uh, yeah. talk about. It's like interesting. So we'll be right back. Hi, this is Dark Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at PaddlingAdventuresRadio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So you sent me a little note saying um, something basic we've talked about before. Yeah. So I, we had uh, we had talked about this before, and we talked about the types of people, and and it comes down to you know how people look at the last day or the last few days of a trip. Mm-hmm. And we have talked about this often, but mostly it's us just kind of wrapping back and forth either on a camping trip or en route to somewhere. And, you know, so what, what this here, uh, this here came to mind. I, I saw something online and then I was thinking about, you know what, I'm, so we're, well, I'm heading out on this on the third annual BRMRR. And I thought to myself, you know what, this, uh, this, types of people thing and you know i consider both of us consider ourselves the first type and there are some people that i know who are the second type and so it was one of those things that's like you know it, it this is a reminder that i want to make sure that uh, i appreciate not just every night or every day of a trip but i want to really focus going forward on the last night of a trip and and normally i do normally you just kind of it's like oh i want to 
you know, you kind of a, take a extra pay extra attention to stuff that you would normally ignore, like the crickets or the smell of wood smoke or the smell of the river or, or whatever. Right. So, uh, so I, I kind of just kind of threw this together and, uh, talking about the types of people on a trip. So the first type like me and Sean are, it's, uh, those that treat it like, uh, it's like time to reflect on the trip. Last night you're in the, you, yeah, you, so this is the last camp yeah, night, the last, last camp, camp night. You show up into camp, you, you break things out and unpack and set up camp and you're, and you're, it's, it's, you don't often think about this is the last time I'm setting up my tent or this is the last time I'm putting up a hammock tent or this is the last time I'm building a campfire. But it's so oftentimes you forget about that. So I'm going to try and pay attention to that going forward. But you kind of, you, you, the last night is that it's time for me, for first typers is to reflect on the trip how things went lessons learned the you know it's kind of sad that the trip's over and you want to eke out every last moment and it's like you want to sit out on a rock somewhere and and really focus on that last sunset of the trip and uh this is the this type of person they're not going to cut a trip short if opportunity prevents or if you're out a day early you're gonna you know well let's uh, pitch camp like a kilometer away from the takeout or this pitch camp at the takeout and you know it's one of those things it's every extra moment on a trip or you embrace it it's like you know what hey i'm building the last campfire i'm i'm you know i'm gonna have my last coffee in the morning and stuff like that it's yeah. like enjoy it for what it is because it's like the trip's now over and you know what i mean it's it's time to reflect yeah i would never cut a trip short um unless I've, you had unless to. i had to i mean i've had to cut i've i've i know there's only twice that i've cut a trip short um one because people were camping where they shouldn't have been camping so i oh, had no choice but yeah. to 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 go yeah um and then um my one trip back in june to bice lake i came out one day early Oh, okay. I just had enough of all the, the all noise the sh- and all the shenanigans and, and the hooligans. All the, the bad luck that was happening yeah. and yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know what? Like you got to enjoy everything. Like you can't be thinking about, you know, oh yeah. So tomorrow I'm going to pack everything up and, and we're going to paddle out and load everything onto the car and do the long drive home. Today's not over yet. Yeah, we're not there yet. Like, we're not even close there. <laughs> now you can worry about that in yeah. the morning when you wake up. And and like, to me, the last morning is like a cram session for an exam. Exactly. That's when you get just it cram your crap in the bags. <laughs> you know, hopefully getting yeah. everything in there as easy can be, and then you do your last trip. Mm-hmm. That's not the night before. That's not last camp. Yeah, sit around camp, like enjoy that la- the last meal, you know, and and sit around camp with a like a last few drinks and and enjoy the sunset, enjoy the evening, laughter and whatever. It's like you know what, let's enjoy it, mm-hmm. right? And so that's the first type of people that, you know, I, I kind of, I, I was thinking there might be three types, but it's really great rounds down to two types and then people who float between the two. Yeah. The second type of people are those that, uh, by the time the last day and night of the trip approaches, they're already thinking about work, home. They want to get out, get out now. Hey. And so they're not spending the time in the moment enjoying the last sunset, the last few moments, the last evening, the enjoyment, the laughter. This person, they're... 
They're, <laughs> they not only jump at the chance of ending the trip early, but they actively canvass the group and encourages an early exit. Hey, you, you know, they'll, they'll hit one up, one guy up, hit another. Hey, well, what do you think? You know, this, well, things are going pretty good. We're going pretty fast. Why don't we, uh, dodge out early and then we can get home on like Saturday instead of Sunday or get yeah. up Friday unless it's sa- unless and not sa- Sunday or Saturday or whatever. Right. So they're encouraging other people. Let's get out. Let's get out. It's like, well, dude, we, we've arranged everything. I have vacation in. I'm don't have to be back at work right yet. And if well, I wanted to spend it. time with my so, family, I would have stayed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so why would I push off, push on till four o'clock to get out early? Why don't, why don't we just take a day and we'll stop at noon and then do a bunch of fishing and, yeah. you know, and walk the river and, you know, check stuff Because out. what's going to happen is you're going to do that. Yeah. Okay. Let's, we'll head out early. And then for the next week, you're going to be sitting there going, yeah, you know, we could have stopped the day before at noon, and we yeah. could have done a swim, and we could have did a little bit of yeah. exploring and some fishing. Instead, and we you're pushed kick your ass. Yeah, instead we pushed it to get out early, get in, the, get to the cars after dark, drove home, got home at midnight, and then yeah, sure, I have the whole next day, but I could have been getting you know getting off the water at noon and get home at four, enjoy supper with a family, and but instead, yeah, I'm out early, but like I'm out at midnight early. Right? Yeah, so that's not the whole. I mean, the whole point of going on a yeah. canoe trip is, yeah, to so, be out on the trip. So, like the last night, like often, and I do catch myself doing it too. We're all thinking about the gear that needs to be cleaned up and put away. We got to pack everything together and arrange all the garbage and this, that, the other thing. Sorting out arrangements for the pickup and the takeout and the any if there's any shuttles or if you're catching a float plane. Well, you know what? You need to crush those thoughts. Mm-hmm. Save that for tomorrow after wakey wakey. Crush all those, I'm back in the real world thoughts. You know, like you're often like you're coming down and like the first shock is like, you know, you spent a a week on the river and then all of a sudden you see, oh, well, that's electricity. I see lights. I see whatever. I see yada, yada, yada. I see a bridge, a road or whatever. So I don't know. For the last camp, last night, we just finished the trip. It's time to reminisce, poke fun. Hey, you guys did a bad line there. Hey, you swam. You dumped, right? So you mm-hmm. poke fun. And, and then the next day, and I really like the very last day where you get up, you're kind of moseying around. You're not in a rush to hit the water because you don't have no real timeline. So you hit the water, you have a short paddle to the takeout and, you know, you're off the water by noon or whatever, or by 11. And it's like a relaxed day. Yeah. So you're not rushed. It's it's slow time. It's relaxed. It's not. It you know. It's kind of sort sort of gets methodical because you've been on the water for seven days. So enjoy the last day. Enjoy the last day. Enjoy the last night. Then the last day and packing up and whatever. It's 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 all should be slow time to reminisce about. Hey, this is a great trip, right? So, anyways, it's uh, it's it's nice to enjoy that last meal. You know, the, the, you get the last of the food if you planned right. Maybe there's the last few drinks around the campfire. Everything seems to be coming together on the last night and it's, it's all, you gel, the, the whole trip gels in your mind. It's like, oh yeah, I remember the first night. Remember the rain on the second day and yada, 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 right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you're, suddenly you're thinking, oh, work, bills, car repairs, ah, but tonight we feast. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You know what? Like, if you've planned properly, you you shouldn't have to worry about what's going to be happening there. The next morning, everybody before everybody goes to bed that night, mm-hmm. what time is everybody up in the morning? Who cares? You know, like <laughs> yeah. well, let's let's get up for eight, and that way, you know, we can slowly pack up. Yeah, we can have breakfast. We can clean up. We make sure all our gears packed properly. Yeah. 
for the you know for the ride home and that sort. Of, that's when you do it all. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be worrying about that the night before. Going, ooh, I hope somebody's going to be there to pick me up. Ooh, I, do we call a shuttle? Because you know what? <laughs> At that point, it's kind of late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you yeah. if you haven't got your ducks in a row at that point, then yeah, you're you're kind of late to the party on that one. I do have a prediction though. Like last night, plus every other day, every other morning, I suspect that Willow's going to get Mike up at about six six thirty mm-hmm. because Willow's going to have to go pee. Mike's going to get up. He's not going to go back to bed. He's, he's always gonna, up. Early. He's going to boil water and make everybody coffee. And then everybody's going to roll out at about seven or eight to get ready for the day. And there's going to be coffee ready for us on the go. It's like, woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as long as I've been traveling with Mike, he always gets up early. He does. He's early. You're sitting there and you're waking up going, oh, nobody's up yet, man. I should go back to, wait, oh. what's that? Do I hear fire crackling out there? <sighs> Mike's up. <laughs> Mike's already yeah, got a fire going. He's getting a fire going. <laughs> and Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't want the trip to end. You know, that's, that's what no. I'm thinking about the, the day. Yeah. My, and it's not even the last night for me. It's the last day. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you enjoy the last day. Uh, cause yeah, you don't want the trip to end. You know, it's your last day. So you're going to enjoy that last, yeah. you know, the last everything. And you're going to be, the trip. and I often find myself like, you know, kind of reflecting on every paddle stroke. It's like, oh, you know, this is this is my last day. I'm I'm not mindless to the paddle strokes. I'm actually focusing on my paddle strokes, mm-hmm. and I'm focusing on, you know, it's it's just y- your your mind re- self reflects on every little tiny bit about yeah. the the way the water sounding, the crickets at night, and stuff like that, right? So it's it's something that you know you stop to think, oh, I've I've been ignoring those crickets all week because I needed to sleep. I'm going to pay attention to the crickets tonight. I want to hear them. I want to record that in my mind so I can, you know, kind of tide me over to the next trip. Or, you know, like on day three or four, you're crawling in your sleeping bag and it's like, oh, it's a little bit damp. It's like it was irritating because it's like, I got to sleep. On the last night, who cares? I don't, yeah. I'm not worried about sleep because I'm just, we're just kind of all getting to the takeout tomorrow. Yeah. And the other thing I do on last night is it's the perfect time. Not only are you talking about the trip you just did. Yeah. But I will start talking about, oh, you know what? I'd come back here again. Yeah. I'd yeah. do this route again. Or, oh. hey, you know what? We should get together. If we, if we enjoyed this, I've heard about, you know, or if you enjoyed this trip, I've got the place to take you next time. Mm-hmm. We should we should plan exactly. on. So you're actually, the trip, well, <laughs> your last night is actually. Future planning. Know, future planning. So in a way, you're, you're ex- trying to extend your last night mm-hmm. into the another trip. trip. Yeah. Right, so your your mind's totally not even on that next day, and it shouldn't be on. Mm-hmm. That. You know, it shouldn't be on leaving at all. And when you talk about, you know, there, there's people that are going, oh yeah, I'm concentrating on work, and I'm concentrating on my bills, and I'm, you know, I got this and I got that, and I actually don't think about any of that and you until shouldn't. I actually get home. And then I'm done unpacking everything. Yeah. And then I finally sit down on the couch and go, okay, Back to so the what did I miss? And I turn the TV <laughs> on. So like I've, I've <clears throat> packed up, yeah, paddled out, loaded up, driven home, stopped for somewhere to eat half the time. Cause half the time I just, 
I've still got trail mix and that's, yeah. I want a burger. <laughs> I'm eating trail mix and <laughs> I still got an Algina filtered water and that's what, <laughs> that gets me, unless it's a really long trip. Yeah. That gets me, uh, gets me home sort of thing. Um, I'll get home, you know, if I, if I'm with other people, then, you know, I text, say, Hey, I'm, can somebody open the garage door or, mm-hmm. or unlock the front door? Cause that way, you know, I can just start unloading. Cause I do that right off the bat. I unload and, um, yeah, you know, that's why I unload everything, get my, my dirty laundry downstairs. I have a quick rinse off or something. Then I come downstairs, grab a bite to eat, sit in front of the TV. And that's, that's what I'm thinking about. Okay. Got to go to work tomorrow. Set my alarm clock. Set my, yeah. What happened? Do I got laundry for tomorrow? Okay. I got to stop in the bank to make sure, you know, I got to fill up the truck tomorrow. Cause I didn't do that on the way home. Cause I just didn't feel yeah. like it. <laughs> Yeah. So that's when the logistics that's, start to roll. That's in. that's when my stuff. Like I don't think about any of that. Mm-hmm. Even on the last day during the paddle out and all that, I don't think about what's like. If I'm paddling out on a Sunday, I don't give a raspahooky about Monday. Yeah. I think nothing about Monday. You know. And for me, it's like I'm going on this trip to blow off all the stress to not think about home to not think about work to yeah. you know what and, and so and oftentimes i'll be like uh you know six days into a trip and and suddenly this you know whoa, something about work and it's like oh wow i haven't thought about work in six days this is yeah. awesome or traffic rush well, hour yeah i never think about traffic rush hour that never comes to my mind even when i'm in it yeah but yeah you know like um i i just totally don't think about any of it, mm-hmm. any of it. Like the minute I get up there now, when I'm like, I mean, if I'm just on like three or four hour trip home from wherever I am, mm-hmm. that's not bad. But as cliche as it sounds, the journey, the trip itself, like yeah. driving from home to wherever the put in is, you're all excited. You're mm-hmm. getting, you know, you're talking about that. even driving home. Yeah. You know, if it's four hours of you're driving with somebody, you're like, oh, I remember this. Remember that. Remember yeah, that. Remember absolutely. This. We ought to go here. We ought to check this. We ought to check that. Because you're not really, it's it's still a continuation, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, the last camp is the big, Yes. you know what? Okay, let's get rid of our food. I mean, you're trying to, I, I'll get, I'll get my gear. Like if, if we've done base camp, I'll, I'll take that, take apart my saw. I'll make sure all the little things that I haven't used or don't need for the next day, just stick them over there in one one area. Mm-hmm. I'm not packing everything. I just, you know, just, I'm, I'm not using this tomorrow. I'll throw that over there. Uh, oh, no, I don't need this anymore. I'll throw yeah. that over there sort of thing. Not in the, well, I got to pack up because tomorrow's pack up day. It's just like, I'm not using it. I just sort of get it all, all together. And that way I can enjoy my morning as well. Yep. And then, yeah, you sit, you get dinner going and you're not even in a hurry for dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just doing it and you sit around, you eat your dinner slowly. You're not caring about washing all your dishes because you're just going <laughs> to- I know. You're just going to do you're that when you get home. things up dirty. Uh, what do I need yeah. to wash this you, you, for? Exactly. You don't clean the pot like you, as thoroughly as you would normally yeah. would. You, you kind of give your dishes maybe a wipe down. It's like, eh, I don't yeah. care. I'm not going to eat off these things again until I, you know, until next trip. So they're going to go home, going to get washed anyway. So, yeah. meh. Yeah. <laughs> Hang with the food or yeah. whatever, you yeah. know, the dirty dishes. Um yeah, there is a lot less effort that evening into doing things. Exactly. You know, because yeah, it can all it'll all get done in the morning. Yeah. You know, it's, ah, just leave those dishes. I'll, get, yeah. I'll do them tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I'll mow the lawn tomorrow. Yeah. And yeah, more emphasis is put on just enjoying that last 
I, I, I can't be one of those people that are sitting there going, okay, we got it. We got it. We got it. As much as I plan stuff, mm-hmm. I can't be one of those people on that last night going, okay, I'm going to start packing all my stuff right now because, you know, yeah, you know, I, I, I we got to, we got to make sure everything's ready to go tomorrow because we're driving and we're, we're paddling yeah. and, and we're, and we're leaving tomorrow and we've got to load up and we got to make sure everything's all good. And no, no, <laughs> you know what? If you're in that much of a hurry to get back to civilization, why did you come in the first place? Right. Exactly. That's the whole point of being out there mm-hmm. is to be out there. Yeah. And that last night is a way to plan, you know, like to enjoy, enjoy that. Or think about the next trip and it, or yeah. say, hey, where are we going to go next year? Yeah. Or, yeah. And it just made me think, you know, how you think, you know, some people are like, coldly calculating every little bit about the drive home and the takeout and this, that, the other thing, all the details, details, details. And I, I can't tell you how many times getting to the takeout. Oh, well, shoot. The car keys are way in the bottom of the pack. Yep. <laughs> yep. I never even thought about the car keys. Now I'm going to have to unpack my entire pack to pull the keys out, which I think is a good thing because it means that I was enjoying the moment and not calculating the future. Yeah. See, I've got one bag that just out of habit has my wallet, my keys, a couple of the little day things yeah. that I might need um, that it always ends up at the top. Mm-hmm. Just the way I pack my bag. Oh, yeah? Same with my shoes. Like I'll put up, up my socks and sneakers in the bag. That's the yeah. last thing that goes in. Because that way, when I'm done loading everything up on the, like the canoes on the truck, the bags are in, I open up that pack, my shoes are there. I take my water shoes off, mm-hmm. put my socks and shoes on and drive home. Yeah. Right. So I got a green bag in the same, it's, it's the same thing right at the top of the pack. Okay. Cause that's where my keys and my wallet are. See, my canoe pack is, uh, always at the end is like uh rain jacket and you know, just stuff that you need during the day. So all the, all the sundry items and. Yeah. Usually, I usually keep my wallet and my keys in my night kit, which is usually packed in the very base of my pack. Yeah. See, I got a little green mm-hmm. dry bag that sits on the top. I should start doing that. So like my camping permit, like the, you got to have okay, the permit yeah, yeah, with you, yeah. right? It's like, if it's in anything I own, it's going to be soaked. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In case we go over, or, you yeah. know, sometimes I'll just jump into the water or whatever. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's in that green day bag. Mm-hmm. It's waterproof. So my keys are in there, my wallet's in there, my that's in there, you know, uh, maybe some charger cables or my, my spare yeah. battery in case I need, you know, um, little point shoot camera, mm-hmm. or whatever, extra camera, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. And that's, that's about as planned as it gets. <laughs> yeah. You know? and, that, and that's just and that's, a habit. that's more of a habit now. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, if, if you're, even when we went to Woodland Caribou, like the day, that last night. We weren't thinking about, well, we've got to make sure we're at, because we already knew. We knew we needed to be at this cabin for the float to catch the plane out at this time. Mm -hmm. We had all this time. We can get up. If we get up here, that was all planned already. So like we could enjoy our last night Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh man, I'm going to miss this and look at this and oh yeah, look at the fire and look at the cloud, look at the sunset, just take the smell in. You know, listen to the birds, the frogs, the crickets, like you say, that, that sort of thing. And you just have a nice little chat about everything you've seen over the last, you know, almost three weeks, that sort of thing. And, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, everybody goes to bed and you're just laying there going, oh, I can't believe we got to go. 
<laughs> and then the next morning you wake up, you do what you need to do. You make that paddle, catch your, cause all that's planned. So you shouldn't be thinking about it. Yeah, exactly. You shouldn't be thinking mm-hmm. about that till you're okay. You know what? Yeah. We're out on, we're on time. Breakfast is done. We're, we're mm-hmm. on time. That's when you need to be thinking about it. Not yeah. the night before. Yeah. So enjoy your last night, people. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. It's important. It is. I think it's really important. Why, I was, I was why cool. else are you out there? Why would you not be enjoying the last night like every other night? Yeah. That's, I mean, from the first one, the first night, you're all excited because you got all these days days left. Mm-hmm. Now you've explored, you've, you know, paddled all that area. Yeah. You've got all this, this experience now. That last night should be like a summary, you know? Exactly. A summary yeah. night yeah. sort of thing. This is everything that happened. This is everything I enjoyed. This is, yeah, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't bring that piece of gear again, that sort of thing. And then you worry about going home the next day. Mm-hmm. Good, uh, good topic. The last work. camp. The last camp. Last night of a trip. The last camp by Derek Specht. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, that's the only planning Derek does is the last night because, you know, he just shows up the other times. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Living life large. I've been on 52 trips and I can tell you about 52 last nights. <laughs> uh, let's take a quick break here. We'll be back. Oh, you know what? We're coming back. And we're going to be talking about a historical badass. <laughs> That's the way he's going, buddy. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Sean Rowley, and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at AlgonquinOutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. Today, we salute historical badass John Wesley Powell. (laughs) So, Derek, you brought this one to my attention. This is like everything Derek Knight. (laughs) <laughs> wow, I didn't even have to be here. And last week I was it was all my it was all the uh uh research things. Yeah, scientific scientific night, studies. Man. <laughs> wow. I'm starting to bring stuff to the table here. This is awesome, buddy. <laughs> like I I could have just partied all week and shown know, up right? tonight with like a Jack Daniels <laughs> bottle and <laughs> and, and today I actually wrote one segment. Yeah. It's oh, not wow. like I, I it's like I wrote it. Wow. Although it's very hard to write it at work. Everybody Asking for shit. Can somebody please rake a note? Derek, Episode 239. <laughs> Derek. Derek was writing. <laughs> writing. <laughs> oh, by the way, just as a side note before we get into uh, our salute to historical badass John Wesley Powell, uh, I'm back at work. Oh, yes. I went back to work like, what, in the office. And what's funny is this week I worked from home twice. Ah. Well, yeah, through Tuesday and and when this episode comes out, I'm working from home. This is... Because this my is, wife is back at work. Yeah, and your kitties are working from home. 
they, so yeah, so obviously somebody has to be there because you know they can't keep themselves alive. Sure, they could. But uh, just point them to the fridge. They got to learn sometime. <laughs> yeah. Next Tell week, us a scientific experiment. Next week, they do start going back to school. So next week, they're in school two days next week, and then full time after that. Until things shut down again. Well, you can just tell them you're doing a scientific experiment <laughs> called survival of the fittest. Exactly. <laughs> I tied them to a chair. <laughs> yeah. There's the fridge. There's a can opener. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. I give them a walkie-talkie. The neighbor, the retired neighbor will have a walkie-talkie and they can cry out for help when they need help. May the odds ever be in your favor. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, John Wesley Powell. Would you like to talk about John Wesley Powell? I think we can take turns. This guy is an amazing guy. When I came across this article, it was like, I, I thought, oh, it's interesting. I started reading it. And, and it's one of those things where my eyes got wider and wider and wider. The more I read, it's like, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. Well, we'll give a little preamble to it. Sure, yes. So running the Grand Canyon in a raft is a rush. Everybody pays big money to go yes. run it. And right? it, modern modern rafts and modern equipment. Class and, 1 class to Class 5 yeah. rapids. There's 47 rapids yeah. along the river from Lee's Ferry to Lake Mead. Yeah, it's, like you say, modern day yeah. rafts and gear. It's safe. PFDs. It's a hoot. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, 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 you save up your money, you get your buddies together. Everybody's like, woohoo, we're going to yeah, do yeah. this. And you get down there, you hop in the raft with your guides. And yeah, you know, we got to watch out with this rapid, this rapid. We're going to do this one over here. It's all here. planned out. Yeah, it's all this planned is where out. We're going to camp. Yeah. So this is day seven. This is where we're going to be day eight. This is going to be day nine. So it's all planned out. It's like, it's all like clockwork. Right. Yeah. The year was 1869. <laughs> John Wesley Powell did the first descent of the Colorado River through the Grand Canyon. The first descent. A in first ever. A right? wooden boat. I know. and we Not a raft, not a kayak. And these look like, so they kind of look like uh, those small Newfoundland fishing. Like the dories. Like the dories. But covered with, in cover spots. With wooden covers. And so it looks like, oh. You go to uh, like a, a lazy river ride and you got these boats that you sit in as you run down the lazy river. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Whatever. And you're, there's two people in the front, two people in the back and you're, yeah. you're, you're on rails or something. And you get a oh, little splash of spray. Oh, this is Ooh, so exciting. This is cool. But these guys are in wooden boats running the Grand Canyon. Right. What kind of PDF, PFDs did they wear? Well, they didn't have PDFs, but the PFDs, PFDs? weren't yeah. even invented. <laughs> PFDs were not even invented yet. So, wooden <laughs> boats, no PFDs, yeah. no guides, yeah. no information on the river. scouting for the first time. They had no idea what they were getting into. Yeah. So, there might have been some so i'm sure there was some evidence or some research where somebody ran down the side of the grand canyon on a horse and looked down hey look at that uh we're we're in this area and there's uh, some really big white water down there nobody knows what white water in the class one through five who knows what the class through one through five is in the 1860s right yeah and this i know is where your eyes went what (laughs) john wesley powell had one arm. <laughs> so, <laughs> he served in the in the. What was it? Uh, it was a civil war. It was during the civil war, Battle of Shiloh. So he he was shot, 
and he had his his arm amputated before going back into the war. So it's like, hey, cut that off. I got to go. Slap, <laughs> Slap a band-aid on it. I got a war to get back to. Turn to get that puppy. I got to go. <laughs> so, yeah, first, first descent yeah. of the Colorado River through the Grand Canyon in a wooden boat. No PFDs, no guides, little to no information, and one arm. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> this is incredible. This is like, wow, this guy's amazing. Like, they should make a movie about this dude. <laughs> so, well, there's a book. There's there is a, a book. There's, there's, yeah, well, I think there's lots of books. But So, May 1869, Powell and 10 men begin a 101-day journey down the Green River and the Colorado for a scientific survey and exploration of a region that others had deemed impassable. Even the natives of the area said, yeah. No, don't do it. Yeah. It's been nice knowing you. Yeah. Just don't do it. Don't go. You will not survive. But they went. Mm-hmm. Um, the first month of the trip, <laughs> they lost one of their boats and most of their 10-month supply of provisions. So it's good that it only took them three months to get through. But they planned on 10 months. They had 10 months worth of food. Mm-hmm. Like how, like you planned to do a 10-month trip down the Grand Canyon? And so, the boats, they, they in the, if you see the pictures in the museum and stuff, the boats, it looks like four people could fit in a boat. But I got to think there's probably only two. Yeah, Because of know. all the food. If they bring that much gear. Yeah. Now I'm thinking there's only two people per boat. Yeah, it's not which like they there had, would have been five boats. They might have had jerky back then, but it's not like they had freeze dried food. So there's yeah. a lot of cans. They would have had like oatmeal and yeah. and whatever, like canned goods or you know. Well, and I, I'm sure they would have had you know do some hunting and stuff. What limited hunting there would be in a canyon? Can, can you hunt in the canyon? Like there's back in the day, what goes down there? There's rabbits, a, jackalopes. I guess jackalopes. <laughs> <laughs> Five-legged skinks? I don't know. Lizards? Can you, can you eat lizards? <laughs> well, I don't know. I assume so. I don't know. Like, you know, because <laughs> we do. No, <laughs> no idea. Canadian, great Canadian lizards. My first thought is, are they toxic? Can you eat them? Snakes? Is it safe? Rattlesnakes. Well, you can eat snakes. Yeah. I know you can eat snakes. Yeah. So there's got to be some food yeah. down there yeah. they could have eaten. But I'm sure they would have planned all their... you never see anybody fishing. They would have had like... Uh, like what do they call salt tack? Uh, they would have had uh, maybe dried fish, dried fish, meat, jerky, and stuff like that, and, venison. Yeah, all dried foods. Yeah. And they, they, you know, sun dried. But yeah, they would have had stuff like that. To, you know, in the day, just so stuff doesn't spoil and go Cast bad. Cast a right? line out and do some fishing as you're going. <laughs> it's quite maybe. the trolling speed you got there. I know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so first month they lose one of their boats, ten months supply of food. Yeah. Most most of their ten months supply. One man leaves saying, I've had more excitement than a man deserves in a lifetime. <laughs> yeah. See ya, Phil. <laughs> Every day it's like, I'm going to die. So now they're down to nine guys. Yes. Uh, the party spent three months on the river scouting rapids, portaging through rough spots, or lining the boats from shore. Mm-hmm. Okay. Three men left the group after three months. So now they're down to six. Yes. Uh, these three men 
climbed out of the canyon into unknown territory. So they're thinking, this is too dangerous. I'm not going to run this river anymore. I am out of here. I'm outie. So they climb up the canyon. In a tragic case of wrong place, wrong time, they were mistaken for men who had murdered a local native woman and were killed by the tribe. <laughs> like Out of the campfire, or out of the frying pan into, into the, the fire, fire right? <laughs> wow. Uh, two days later, the remaining six members of the party met the confluence of the Virgin River and settlers fishing along the banks. Two days later. Two days, yeah, these guys leave. <laughs> Should have stuck it out, buddies. Uh, their newly 1,000-mile journey was over, proving that the Colorado could be run. So, uh, yeah, so one arm, <laughs> one arm, one hand, flying purple computer. Yeah. So the one, one arm, arm John dude. there, yeah. uh, he, he did the Colorado river and then he actually returned. He did a second trip down as well. Yes. Uh, he returned to further explore the Colorado river, the Colorado plateau, and to get to know and study the native American tribes of the Southwest. He learned to speak a bunch of their languages and their customs and stuff. He only carried a knife. He refused to carry a gun. Yes. Right? Which sort of helped him along because with the... Yeah, you're not as threatening if you have... If you show up in, in a native community with a gun back like in that day... A couple of guns on your hips and a yeah, rifle on like, your shoulder. Yeah, you're just asking for trouble, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he carried a, a knife. Um, and some of the pictures you see that he's talking to some of the natives and, yes. you know... Mm-hmm. Chatting or directions and stuff like that. Yeah. He died in 1902 at the age of 68. And this is a, the funny part. There's the Sweetwater County Museum oh, yes. in Green River, <laughs> Wyoming. Yeah. And there's a statue of him out front. And what's the most common question they get asked? Hey. <laughs> Who took the arm off the Powell statue in front? <laughs> That's hilarious. So, Hey, your statue is missing an arm. Yeah, what happened to the arm, man? So there is some other things here that, okay, so uh, First Descent of the Grand earns him historical badass merit. Correct. Right off the bat. Yes. He's a badass for doing that, especially the way he did it. Um, after his, his two expeditions, he had an impact. He focused on using what he had seen to help shape U.S. policy in the West, insisting that the lands couldn't be parceled like the land in the Midwest and wrote about water issues that are still haunting the region today. Yeah. Like this is 150 years ago, pretty much. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah last year would have been like 150 years. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so 150 years ago, he's saying, you know what? You're going to have issues with water. 150 years later, yeah, we've got issues mm-hmm. too there with water. And he helped found the U.S. Geological Survey, became its second director. If he helped found it, who was his buddy that took over first spot? Well, he helped found it, but then like some, uh, who knows? His must have been his buddy. Uh, so he was, you're going to Google that, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Yeah, so he helped found the U.S. Geological Survey, became its second director, pushing the idea of topographic map system covering the entire country, which took more than 100 years to complete. So all these topographical maps were thanks to this guy. Yes. Uh, The fact that you can go down the Grand Canyon is thanks to this guy. Exactly. 
He was one of the founders of the National Geographic Society. <laughs> He's done so much. He has done so much. And was a director of the Smithsonian's Bureau of Ethnology for 22 years. Like, there's... For more on... There's a little article that says, For more on Powell, and there's so, so much more, pick up a copy of... The Promise of the Grand Canyon, John Wesley Powell's Perilous Journey and His Vision for the American West. I don't even know if that would fit on the whole front cover. <laughs> Small print. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like he did so much in in the years that he was, you know, from going down the canyon to starting all these things, having say in U.S. policy. And like I say, the... National Geographic Society is still around 150 years later. You know, people are using all these topographical maps 150 years later. I didn't think the Smithsonian was that old, though. Yeah. You know, the Smithsonian was started by a British guy. Was it? So his entire fortune, he was British. His entire fortune, he bequeathed it to the United States government as long as they were to create some sort of historical museum, yada, yada, yada. Oh. So uh, that's that's the details I remember, which, of course, are a bit sketchy because I don't carry a lot of details in my head, but I don't know enough about it to... Too much room for the sprouts. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it took them, like, 40 years before the Smith... Uh, from the guy to die to the Smithsonian to be created. He had, like, millions that he gave to the U.S. government, says this will be for a museum in... My name, yeah. Well, yet. forty million. I mean, that time was yeah huge. Yeah, mm-hmm. huge. Anyways, sidetrack. Yeah. So, John Wesley Powell, historical we salute badass. historical badass. We salute you. Yeah, that's <laughs> something, man. That's really something. Yeah, like just a, a one arm. <laughs> I know. It's just it's just the story about. So he shot the battle of Shiloh and uh, had his arm amputated before getting back to the war. I know, right? So he must have been, he had to have been the rudder guy, because it's not like he can paddle, right? Well, they were rowing, right? So yeah, you just have to row on one side. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so hard to do. You could do it with arm. <laughs> so he had to be the rudder man. Yeah, to be, well, well, some of the pictures have two set, the guy in the front and back both have to paddle. Yes. Like to row. Mm-hmm. Unless he had some sort of something hooked up. Yeah, his... but you still need a stern guy. You need a rudder person, right? Well, if there was only two guys per boat. So three people would be paddling and one guy would be ruddering. I don't know. If there's only two people for, per boat. No, 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 boat. no. They had four people per boat. You saw the picture. Oh, in the picture they were, yeah, some of the pictures are showing the, yeah. the, the replica boat. So with I suppose four if you're short, it, but... maybe, maybe you'd have like three people per boat, one rudderman and yeah. two paddlers. Hmm. And in his statue, he has a, like the paddle he was using was like an eight foot long paddle in the statue. Yeah. Well, see, those what the oars looked like. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, there's Who no knows? way he could be really rowing. No. Really well. It'd be tough. Yeah. <laughs> hey, who wants to go with John in the boat? Not me. <laughs> All he does is yell at me. <laughs> he goes one way. Forget it. We go in circles every time he's in the boat. Kick him out. Get somebody with two arms. <laughs> I swear, if I go in one more circle today, 
Switch sides, John. Switch sides. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's cool. That's a cool story. Yeah, I like that. So, um, I think that's about it. Yeah. Man. Wow. Cheers to cheers, Mister oh, Powell. What are we drinking tonight? Tonight, Rodeo Monk. It's Mill Street Brewery. It's a hazy white IPA, and it looks like mango juice. Yes, fizzy mango I know. juice. So you look at it and you go to take a drink of it, and you're like, oh. I was thinking it was going to taste like mango. <laughs> and it does not taste like mango. No, it does definitely does not. No. It's definitely a white IPA. Yeah. It's not too shabby, man. Um, wow, September. I know. Got, I was supposed to have a trip this coming weekend, but it's not happening. Uh, a lot of people just sort of, yeah, um, yeah I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, hey, you know what? It's, it's not happening. I am going out. Uh, next weekend paddling just for uh, a day trip and I got my October trip coming up. Mm-hmm. I think my son might be free. I, uh, I think this is the last trip I've paddled or planned for this year. Well, I got my October trip, right? Like we're going to go, I'm, we're still going to go with the kids. Uh, so we're going to do like a long weekend somewhere. We're going to take a extended weekend and go into Algonquin or something. But yeah, if we, uh, we we decided that we're just going to do it on the fly, going yeah. into the fall. Um, if you're going to Algonquin, check reservations. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because this is not the year to be doing. I mean, for years we did the. Hey, I'm just gonna ah, book at the last. Second. I'll book at the last yeah. minute, sort of thing. Not this year. You're not. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. looking at Killarney in October, and even yeah. that might be. Right? Yeah. Like, it's it's unprecedented the number of people that are camping this year. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's uh, <clears throat> early on in the year. I remember we uh, we went online. It was before the parks opened, and we were waiting for things to open. And then when they opened, it's like, oh, okay, well, let's see what we can book. It was chock-a-block full. It's like, where'd all the, like, it just yeah. went like crazy. Yeah. And we're still having issues. Well, you said you were looking for a new tent. Oh, uh, Yeah. I wanted a new tent for this trip. My my current tent it's a it's a two plus three person tent, and I've had it for twenty two years now. So the the seams are starting. You can see the waterproof lining is starting to flake off, like uh, yeah, like sunburned skin type thing. So I went looking for a tent to go take on this trip because mine is a little bit leaky, and plus. Like it's, we only have so much room to pack into the gear because with Willow going, there's a, we can only have two packs, so it's not like we can pack two tents. And Mike's tent's too small for two people and Willow, so I'm gonna. I couldn't find. I wanted. I was looking for a bivy, and uh, I just wanted a one-person bivy and uh, something that could pack really small. And and uh, the only place I could find bivies was in Quebec. Wow, Sale doesn't have anything. Mech doesn't have anything. Nope. Really, nobody has it. Wow. And, of course, I didn't plan ahead far enough. I also could have had something shipped to me. But, yeah, so uh, I called Sail. I called Atmosphere. And I looked online at Mech. And it's like, what is going on? Like, it's just everything sold out. There's no tents. You go into any uh, outdoor store. And, like, you know, there's very few thermorests. Or, you know, I guess that's a brand name. So sleeping pads. Very few sleeping pads available. You can't find freeze-dried food. Oh, don't even get me started on that. You can't find... Uh, they got soup. Because <laughs> apparently nobody eats freeze-dried yeah. soup. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a little frustrating. It's, uh, fortunately for freeze-dried food, I uh, 
there, there's uh, in the spring or over last winter, every time I went into Atmosphere for something, they have the buy five packs for the price of four, buy mm-hmm. six packs for the price of four, or something like, like, you know, the more packs you buy, the you know, up to 25% off. So uh, every time I went to Atmosphere, I bought, you know, six meals type thing. So I have the entire drawer in my basement full of freeze dried food. So I have, you know, they're, they're good until 2022, 2024. So. Well, so you've got a bunch of stuff at home already. I do. I have a ton oh, of food at home. So I'm going to come shopping at your house. <laughs> yeah. We've got, uh, I probably have about two dozen, three dozen, uh, Dried meal packs. I really? Don't know. Pad thai and chili and whatever. So any listeners that are out there. <laughs> go shopping at Derek's. Go shopping at Derek's. No, <laughs> because I was going to buy one of those seven-day meal kits. And I've said this before, like, because like Alpen Air, yep. they have the box and there's seven days worth of meals. Really? But I don't eat like the regular person. Yeah. Like they have a lunch, they have a dinner. Well, I never eat lunch. Yeah, I never. I have so some basically, granola. like my two meals are two days, mm-hmm. right? So whatever it was for lunch, I can eat for a dinner. Yeah, right. So it becomes a fourteen day <laughs> thing, or seven days if I'm taking somebody. Yeah, right. Yeah, you can't order those. Everywhere's sold out. I even went to their site and they don't have them. Mm-hmm. And like it's it's like you can't order any. I don't know if Alpenair is shut down if they're closed because COVID hit and they couldn't be producing the food hmm. or if they've gone out of business. I can't seem to find any information anywhere. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that was some of the, the stuff I really enjoyed. And even um, Happy Yak, I was looking at their stuff and I can't get the, the box. There was one thing, was it a Happy Yak? I think it was a Happy Yak uh, box. There was a, a place in Quebec. They had them in stock. So I ordered it. I was going, all right, it'll be here in time. And two days later, I get an email. Sorry, we've had to refund you. We don't have them in stock. <laughs> well, your 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 online store said you had like five of the bo- big boxes left. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. Um, I'm glad I had the extra dehydrated foods already up there. Yeah. I have I have some dehydrated yeah. stuff right that I didn't uh, use. So I took them and they worked out perfect. Mm-hmm. But it's not what I wanted. <laughs> Yeah, it's been yeah. A, it, everything this year has been a struggle. It's uh it's uh I'm looking forward to 2021. Oh yeah. Or maybe 2022. No, we'll go for 2021. <laughs> um there may be something coming. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to jinx it. But there may be a weekend trip coming up that's going to end up being really really fun. Yeah. There will be so much laughing. I'm thinking about bringing a bottle to pee in. <laughs> Because they'll be laughing that hard. <laughs> there may not be time to stop. <laughs> I don't want to jinx it, so I'm not going to say anything yeah. more about it. But I will definitely, if it, if it happens, yeah. you'll know exactly <laughs> what it is. So, uh, But other than that, I think that's all the, the trips I've got. I may do one maybe later in October into November. Yeah, there's always these little last-minute surprise trips. It's yeah. always good just to, you know what, I, there's not much going on this weekend. I'm just going to just gonna cut lines and I'm going to go. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of honeydew stuff i got to do around mm-hmm. here, but... That can be done in winter. <laughs> We're not selling the house yet. i got yeah. years to do that. <laughs> years. It's already been exactly. 20. Exactly. It's already been 20 years. What's an extra four or five? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, you have fun on your trip, buddy. I will. And uh, we're looking forward to, to hearing. Oh, we got Alan Drummond of Kingdom yes. Outdoors. Alan Drummond is week. sitting in my chair next week. Yeah. And uh, maybe he might be drinking your beers if he doesn't bring it. <laughs> there you go. Well, I brought enough of them. I brought like, what, uh, 16 Beautiful beers today. Yeah, 16 beers. Well, if there's any left for him next week. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's going to be talking about his uh, kayak trip up through Superior. Oh yeah, I saw all those pictures. Amazing pictures. Yeah. So yeah, and nice weather, and yeah, no, no rough seas. No smack them. No, you know, no Fitzgerald stuff. Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah. (laughs) Um. So yeah. So it'll be next week, and then we'll chat about your what actually happens on this. Yes. The following week, I can tell you about my last night, the last last camp camp on Noir on the Noir River, Noir Riviere. There you go. Got to <laughs> practice that. Yes. <laughs> uh, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can listen to us and download and stream from iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. If you go to our episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com, uh, all 239 episodes are there for you to download or stream. And if you enjoyed listening to the podcast, please share it with uh, all your friends and family. And that's about it. So I'd like to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.